From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to this special edition of In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And as always, I am your baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks, as well as host and tour guide through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. Well, folks, uh, it is going to be an interesting one today because some of the news, of course, is stuff that I mean, yeah, the whole thing with Devin Archer and the uh, hearing yesterday in the House Oversight Committee, we will definitely get to that, and some of the comments uh, made by Chairman James Comer. Uh, Before we get into today's adventure in podcasting, just wanted to let you know, uh, if you want to send us comments or email or anything along that line, just simply uh, go to inblackandright at gmail.com. You can also check out our website in blackandright.net. And unfortunately, I mean, well, I'm kind of sad because our online store at the website, because, and we've got a uh, n- announcement there on the homepage that because of Bidenomics, inflation, and various things, uh, we've had to undergo some price increases, which really sucks. Uh, because I know there are millions of Americans who are out there and they're struggling and it's and it makes me sad but uh, we've got to f- find a way to keep uh, our store open and for because it not only uh, is just fun to have but it all the earnings from it help support our work uh, and to help keep the show growing because we're still experiencing growth. Uh, we're now up to 38 states, 11 foreign countries, and one Canadian province. But we're, we're hoping to maybe expand maybe a little bit more in Canada. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to let people know that as we also, uh, to help support the show, we also do have a donate button on the upper right side of our webpage. So we definitely take donations as well because we are in a critical growth period uh especially with a my gosh another presidential election coming up next year so uh we're making adjustments and we're doing some expansion and yeah it we're looking to just simply bring you uh the podcast consumer a better quality product and that has been always my objective uh, to provide you with some pretty decent content and all sorts of fun along the way. So just to get that out of the way. So yes, you can uh, shop it online at our store or you can just simply uh, go to our donate button and we're right there. We have a give, send, go uh, that, we, that we deal with. So... Please, if you or your fr- or any friends you know want to help us out, continue the growth of the show because 2024 is going to be, and I and I don't believe it's an understatement, but it's going to be a crucial, pivotal year. So, 
Thank you very much for that, my friends, and God bless you all in advance. Now for the news of the day. Now, of course, yesterday the big news was uh, Devin Archer, the former best friend and business associate of Hunter Biden, uh, went before the House Oversight Committee in a closed-door session to be deposed. Now, of course, I, I really wouldn't call it a bombshell, and I got into this yesterday a little bit. It really wasn't bombshell news. This was more of a confirmation of what people had already known or suspected. And, and I have to admit, you know, Devin Archer was a real interesting character in that. Because as I'm reading the uh, Gateway Pundit story with the headline, boom, it's happening. Chairman James Comer spoke with Speaker McCarthy about impeachment following Devin Archer's testimony. Now, we'll get into a little bit of what uh, Comer said, but I'm still thinking about last week when... Cash Patel wrote in the Daily Caller an interesting uh, an interesting op-ed about don't worry about Biden so much, but go after his support. That would be Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray, because they're the ones who have been providing all the cover uh, for Biden and for Hunter. Which really made it interesting considering Devin Archer was kind of head-scratching like, Hey, why did my best friend's dad, who's the President of the United States, sick his Injustice Department on me, arrest me, and convict me of securities fraud, and sentence me to a year in jail? Now, that's the one thing that made me kind of go, Hmm. Is this Devin Archer's thinking? You know, why? And now all of a sudden he's got a year to do in jail and plus the Justice Department's shenanigans over the weekend before uh, Archer's testimony. Trying to throw him in jail or at least get a date for jail. But that might have been just a, you know, maybe a little bit of a red herring or something like that or a squirrel to just kind of get you distracted. But the fact that he did get to the hearing yesterday was pretty, pretty impressive. Because, oh man, I mean, certainly because it was a closed-door session, but man, oh man, it's a trip and a half. So here's James Comer, the chair of the Oversight Committee, speaking with Newsmax's Greg Kelly last night on his show, talking about Hunter Biden uh, having finally met him and, and a few other things along that line with the hearing. So let's go, my friends, to last night on Newsmax, Greg Kelly speaking with uh, Congressman James Comer. Well, I think that uh, he was under a lot of pressure today. Uh, we know that uh, the Biden attorneys have threatened him and intimidated him. Uh, we know the Department of Justice sent him two letters over the weekend, which is unheard of. 
but despite that, I think he answered a lot of questions that needed to be answered, specifically that Joe Biden did, in fact, talk to numerous people that his son was receiving wires from while Joe Biden was vice president. And that is something that Joe Biden has consistently lied about. That's what the Democrats have consistently taken Joe Biden's position, saying he never spoke with anyone Hunter Biden was doing business with. But yet we learned today that over 20 times, in fact, Joe Biden, while he was vice president, spoke with people who were sending the Biden family members these suspicious wires that the banks or anyone else in America know what the purpose of the wires were for. And the nature of the, uh, well, here's what Congressman Goldman, and he's all hapless and nervous. A lot of people notice that. He, he was in the room, too. He's how he, how he characterized what Archer said about what the vice president said. The witness, Mr. Archer, was very clear that Hunter spoke to his father every day. Um, that, and he indicated that he approximated about 20 times over the course of his 10-year business relationship that he had with Mr. Biden, which would be, with Hunter Biden, which would be about twice a year that uh, Hunter would put his father on speakerphone with, um, uh, with whomever was at dinner, and he, there was no indication that he had any idea who was at dinner with them. It was just a say hello, I'm at dinner here, and there was nothing related to his business dealings. Hello, I'm at dinner here with a bunch of people who are paying me money, Vice President Biden, my father. Uh, it's obvious that this was no good. Yeah. What middle-aged man calls his dad every day and puts him on speakerphone so his business associates can hear him talk? I mean, another thing that Devin Archer testified today was the Biden family, in fact, was influence peddling. Uh, we know that Devin Archer has violated the Foreign Agents Registration Act. That's a very serious law. But when you think about what Archer testified today, my question is now, did Joe Biden commit the Foreign Agents Registration Act? Because his family was receiving millions and millions of dollars from these foreign nationals. None of these people that he put his dad on the business phone with are reputable business people. They all are under some type of investigation or on the flee in the countries where they originate from. The people that, that Hunter Biden was putting on speakerphone with his sitting vice president father were some of the worst people on the planet. But yet they were paying the Biden family millions and millions of dollars. And Goldman thinks that every American is going to believe the fact that, oh, well, they just talked about the weather. How's the weather in Russia? How's the weather in Ukraine or China? I mean, that's ridiculous. So that is ridiculous. Every day we get more and more evidence that points to Joe Biden directly. All roads lead to Joe Biden, and today we, we learned without a shadow of a doubt that Joe Biden has been lying to the American people when he said he never spoke with anyone his son was receiving money from. And he said that hundreds of times. So what do you think was going on here? I mean, it seems obvious, but let's just say it out loud. Hunter was showing his business associates, the people he was doing business with, look who I can get on the phone that easily. Right. What do you guys want done? All yeah. right, I'm going to go back and get it done with him uh, when you're not around, but I just proved to you I can get him on the phone. Joe Biden on purpose didn't say anything substantive, substantively. The whole message was, look how close I am to my father. Right, 
and they go to great lengths to protect their father, a term that Joe Biden's brother, who we've never started with yet, but he's just as bad as the president's son. He just didn't leave a laptop laying around. They, he brags about the term plausible deniability, and they laugh about it when he talks to people like, yeah, my brother's involved, but plausible deniability, ha, ha, ha. I mean, this is a trend that the Biden family has used. And one last thing that was said in this testimony today, Devin Archer testified that the owners of Burisma were pressuring Hunter to call Washington to get Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor, fired. And we know because we've seen on video Joe Biden bragged about, in fact, firing the prosecutor in Ukraine that was investigating his son's corrupt energy company and he wasn't going to give them our tax dollars, our foreign aid, unless the Ukrainian president fired the prosecutor. And that's what Devin Archer said that those guys were pressuring Hunter to do. Call Washington. Get this choking fired. I mean, the, this was a bombshell today. Uh, this is more evidence that points directly to Joe Biden. I mean, the amount, the number of crimes that the Biden family's committed continues to grow, and more and more evidence shows that Joe Biden knew exactly what was going on. That's why. Okay, my friends. Ooh, baby. Oh, my goodness. This is absolutely wild. I mean, like I said, I mean, some of the things might have been a bombshell to. Uh, Congressman Comer, Chairman Comer, but oh my goodness. <clears throat> Apparently, Devin Archer flipped big. He sang like Andrea Bocelli. And what have the Democrat, the Democrats done? They have looked like absolute dipsticks. I mean, former Missouri Senator uh, Claire McCaskill. <laughs> what? This has got it. I'm sorry if I'm going to about to offend everybody, but this has got to be the ditziest broad I have ever heard. Now, she's on MSLSD trying to basically give the low information viewers and the psychiatric patients, known as anchors, all this sort of sad sob story that, oh, well, Joe Biden just loved his son and this and that. I'm like, honey, are you that stupid? Your your boy, Joe uh, Joe Biden's boy, used his relationship with his daddy to get influence with foreign governments, getting money from foreign governments, and the same Joe Biden that everybody wants to come up with this sob story. I mean, oh my God, O M G. I'm listening to some of this stuff. I mean, you heard Dan Goldman, uh, Congressman of New York. I mean, the man just couldn't put it together. You know, he couldn't do it on CNN, couldn't do it on MSLSD, couldn't do it outside of the committee room. Uh, I had Newsmax had cameras there. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes, my friends. Yes, yes, yes. Devin Archer has just stuck another fork into the Biden crime family. And apparently, uh, Hunter and Joe already been going, but now he's willing to go after uh, Joe Biden's brother, James. Oh, 
Oh, that ought to be fun. <laughs> Another member of the Biden crime family. And all the money that came in to these shell corporations. Oh, man. I, I mean, if it was not so, uh, if it wasn't so doggone serious, and for all the nervous Nellies in the GOP, it's like, well, we don't talk about Hunter Biden at home. It's like, well, you dang well better start, you dipsticks, because this speaks to so many things, such as leadership, credibility, integrity, and that's just the short list. And now for all, and all you people who thought Joe Biden was so moral and all that, Y'all have officially screwed yourselves, your judgment, your reputation, and if you happen to be one of the goofy, uh, goofy as hell, uh, woke Christians who thought, you know, Joe Biden was the greatest thing since sliced bread, you have now made yourselves officially dingbats and fools. I'm sorry, you're just going to have to own your stuff. You thought he was great? Yeah, look at the country two and a half years later. Hmm? Come on. If you think things are still fine, I, I would challenge you. I would challenge you to tell me what is so damn great about Joe Biden's America. Seriously. I would challenge anybody, especially anyone who calls themselves a Christian and voted for the guy. The corruption? The perversion? I mean, my gosh. I mean, have you not gotten it through your thick heads that Hunter Biden is a cokehead? Okay, major league cokehead. He's a whoremonger. And yet, we got people who are so upset that Marjorie Taylor Greene showed a picture of Hunter Biden with prostitutes, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, they cleaned it up a little bit. And yet, here we are going into the, a brand new school year in just weeks. I know here in Florida, it's going to be about a week and a half or so, maybe a little less. But yeah, we're going to have people, uh, kids, little kids, in public schools who are being have who are going to be treated i guess if you want to use that term to so much pornography to mess up their minds and essentially this is communism on display you know it's not much different than what they did back in the days of the soviet union and i've been and i've been to the soviet union i speak a little russian but i'll tell you oh my gosh this is just freaky as hell now, of course, let's go to a related story. We now have Joe Biden's approval rating at 39%. And in recent polling, half of Democrat voters say a different candidate should be nominated. <laughs> Approximately 45% of Democrat voters. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, no, I'm sorry. 45% of Democrat voters said the 80-year-old commander-in-chief should be renominated. Oh, my gosh, I know the Democrats can do some really dingy things, but to do that? 
I mean, I don't know if you're just, I, I mean, if you don't, if, like a drug test, psychiatric evaluation, because that is just stupid. That is just stupid. 45, 45% of Democrats want him renominated. So whatever, so what happened to the other 55%? Hmm? That should be the story. And it is in this case, because even Democrats are getting sick of this. <laughs> oh, man. Even Democrats are sick of it. And at least a pretty healthy uh, portion. And you, you know you're having a really, <laughs> a really bad day when you have the New York Times, of all people, are, and some of their reporters and columnists are saying, hey, um, you might, you want to get essentially ready and get used to a second Trump term. Now that just about dropped me. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. From the New York Times? Is this like a typo? <laughs> I mean, and on top of that, Biden is not exactly, shall we say, on uh you know, he's on a roll, but it's a wrong kind of a roll. Story from justthenews.com. I mean, from the great John Solomon himself, which is like, ooh, automatic money, and it's a good one. And the headline, Biden created warrantless surveillance program for the border crisis triggering new civil liberty fears. I'm like, huh, let's take a look and see what Uncle Joe is coming up with now to pretty much trash civil liberties, constitutional rights, and so on and so forth. Now, and anything, I, I will pretty much read anything John Solomon does because the man is brilliant. In his latest uh, column from yesterday, lost in the recent outrage over FBI warrantless spying abuses, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, or the FISA Court, has quietly approved a new NSA surveillance program to screen the millions of migrants let into the U.S. under President Joe Biden's controversial border policies despite acknowledging concerns that, quote, privacy interests protected by the Fourth Amendment are substantially implicated, unquote. The FISA court ruling released earlier this month garnered significant attention for revealing the FBI, while making some improvements, still conducts between 160,000 and 200,000 warrantless searches of phone data of Americans every year and that three such intrusions involved a U.S. Senator, a state Senator, and a state judge. Oh my gosh, I could do WTF Friday today. Where, I mean, oh my gosh, where is Rand Paul on this one? I mean, he might be the U.S. Senator. Because I know Rand Paul of Kentucky gets majorly into the Fourth Amendment and what these people do. We are 
just one more example of how we have become a police state, a surveillance state. When you've got warrantless searches being done by the FBI and they think it's cool. I mean, oh my gosh, this is just pretty bad. But now you got the NSA into it as well. Not really surprising to me. I mean, if you've got the DOJ, you got the FBI, why not throw in the NSA just for fun and cheap giggles? Hmm? That is crazy. And this is why I love reading John Solomon and Just the News. You would never, never have heard about this story if it weren't for people like John Solomon. Because I guarantee you, you won't hear you won't hear something like that on CNN, MSLSD, or or other places. So God bless you, John Solomon. Keep on keeping on, because if you've got this under Biden, the deep state, the administrative state, is becoming more and more dangerous. When they're doing these warrantless phone searches, I mean, you've got a United States senator, a state senator, and a state judge. Who else? Probably me. I mean, my gosh, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. A warrantless search of me and my phone. This is why I don't freak out. You know, some people are like, oh, how can they do that? How can they do that? The problem is they don't care. And this is another reason why FISA and all the provisions of FISA need to go the way of the dinosaur. This is crazy, folks. This is absolutely 50 shades of nuck and futz. When you've got and and if you're if they're doing this now with the all the illegal immigrants who got their nice government phones, you know, and and all of this, what are they going to do? up between now and election day hmm seriously I mean are they going to do these warrantless searches for uh, Donald Trump his family if they haven't done it already I mean and you uh, just average American yeah warrantless searches that should really scare you and people look at me like I'm completely off of my rocker. I said, folks, uh, getting mad at me and just like, oh, that can't be happening. Or, well, I don't want to hear that. It's like, you better hear it because at 160 to 200,000 warrantless searches a year, don't, at some point, they're going to pull something on you if they haven't done it already. And it's like, yeah, it's like, and then they kind of like, oh, no, 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 they have just taken your Fourth Amendment rights, your civil liberties and trashed them because they can. That is an attitude that is seriously, seriously dangerous. You know, I mean, and the FBI just did it and they thought it's like, it's no big deal and lie to Congress when they're called on it. Ay, 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 ay. Folks, 
this is one of the biggest reasons why I tell people, say, y'all got to wake up. Y'all got to seriously wake up here. This is scary stuff. I mean, and the NSA, FBI, whatever intelligence or law enforcement agency you're dealing with, it's no big deal. And Joe Biden gave it a stamp of approval. That makes him not just a goofball, but dangerous, even more so than he already is. So, I would, I'm definitely putting this up on in blackandright.net because this, I'm going to keep this up for a while. Because y'all need to figure this out. You need to see this. If you don't, if you think you're safe, if you think your privacy is secure, it is not. And the government is doing it because they can. And they were given the blessing of FISA. Oh my goodness. That that one, I'm, I'm going to have to get away from that one because that one can definitely jump my jump my blood pressure because that makes me mad it is absolutely maddening now of course along the same line uh, when you're talking about a presidential election next year whoo another story from just the news headline most Americans support election integrity policies that Democrats oppose in court the subheadline: Voter ID and prohibiting ballot harvesting are popular election integrity policies across the country, except in certain places. You know, and yet here we are, MAGA and conservatives, Republicans, we're now going at each other to like, hey, what are we going to do? Do we ballot harvest in states where it's legal? Uh, do we do this? Do we do that? And apparently this is, the timing of this is pretty amazing of the story because we have Mr. MyPillow himself, Mike Lindell, doing a huge conference uh, in a couple of weeks in Missouri, in Springfield, Missouri, coming up with his plan to deal with election integrity. So this is really interesting to see all this because you're not going to have COVID to use as an excuse. You're just not. So that's off the table. So what is going to happen with election interference or the possibility of it? That's where folks need to start thinking about certain things. You know, I mean, I saw just, gosh, months a few months ago, uh, in national security and intelligence expert KT McFarlane, amazing lady, talking, saying for sure there's going to be uh, election interference from American intelligence agencies. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> you know, it's just a question of which one. I mean, are we going to have the Department of Justice? Are we going to have the FBI, the NSA, CIA, or a combination of all of them? We don't know. This is why election integrity, even with Democrats, I mean, not the Democrat elites, but 
with just regular old Democrats. This is a huge issue. I mean, look what they're doing to their own. Robert, Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. got slammed and pretty much roast. They tried to roast him at a congressional hearing. The Biden administration is not providing RFK with traditional Secret Service protection as a, as a presidential candidate. I'm like, what? I don't know how he can get away with that because Republican presidential candidates get Secret Service protection. President Trump, as a former president, he gets Secret Service protection for the rest of his life. And same with Melania. But holy cow, people. This is just a whole new mess. Why would he not grant a fellow Democrat um, some type of, of security and protection when everybody else gets it? Hmm. This is exactly one of the reasons why the Democrats are the Democrats because their actions tell you who they are above everything else or their lack of actions so there's another one but today I wanted to end just oh mercy this story made me so actually these are two different stories the whole concept of CRT and DEI and all that with schools coming into session over the next month or so. Oh my God. This story out of Tennessee absolutely just ticked me off. From Just the News, the headline says it all to me. Tennessee school trains staff on white Christian privilege says people of color and LGBT are oppressed. And I'm like, dang, here we go again. Here we go again that our public schools, your tax money, is, teach, is teaching kids to be nothing more than programmed social justice warriors to mess up race relations, uh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, and this is out of the state of Tennessee. Now, reading the first part of the story, I mean, it's, it's pretty typical in the mind of a lefty and a communist. But I'll tell you, a Tennessee school district offered voluntary diversity, equity, and inclusion training for staff that included a section about how people who are white, male, cisgender, heterosexual, or Christian are considered privileged while people of color and who and all those who are non-binary, polyamorous, or pagan are oppressed. This passes for education in today's public schools? WTF, people. That doesn't, that is not I repeat, that is not education. And they're teaching it to staff. Now, what about those people who attend this 
who are white, who are male, heterosexual, and Christian. You got four of the bat you got four of the baddies right there. And privileged? Uh I don't think so. And I know a ton of white folks, but they're not privileged. They don't act like they own the whole universe. By the same token, people of color are oppressed? Uh, obviously, I didn't get that memo. And to teach that to kids? What is wrong with you idiots? Oh my gosh. Just going on in this story, just... Ugh. Um, the Parental Rights Group Parents Defending Education obtained a presentation published Monday by Fox News Digital from the Clarksville-Montgomery County School System through a public records request. The presentation from the district's July 19th Engage Conference was titled, quote, The World Needs More Purple People. And it promoted using diversity, equity, and inclusion to connect with students. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is just in freaking sane. And I'm going to put this on the website as well. Because I know a lot of people who are educators. In fact, two friends of mine are starting this year as teachers. And I think it's great. I mean, two different school districts, but I think it's great. But this? Now, fortunately, Florida doesn't put up with that crap. I'm very grateful for Governor DeSantis for doing that. But you gotta know. You absolutely gotta know that socialist, Marxist, communist, whatever term you want to use for these ding-dongs, they don't rest. And they're not going to rest. And they are going to have free reign with your kids messing up their minds and making colored folks, minorities, feel like victims. And yours truly is not a victim. Not even damn close. And yet, white folks, uh, <laughs> you know, these and, and little white kids are being made. You are children of oppressors. And therefore, you are an oppressor yourself. Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that's bad enough. But here's the trick, folks. Related story. This one is from Canada. Now, Canada, thanks to you know people like Justin Trudeau and all that, they've picked up on this as well. But in this case, it's taken a different turn. Now, this is from Fox News. And the headline, Canadian principal suicide after alleged bullying for his whiteness in CRT training sparks investigation. And the subheadline, which is a part of the story, being said by this equity trainer, a black woman, drove a white man, a former school principal, to suicide 
because this angry black woman couldn't shut her freaking mouth about how much of a victim she is and white people don't have anything to say about how black people live. That right there. Oh, my Lord. This is insane. I, I want to play a little bit of this video. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'll just let it speak for itself. I'll comment on it after. Okay, wait a minute. Hang on here. Oop. Okay, here we go. Ugh. Okay, sorry about that. But this is exactly the type of thinking that I will fight against for the rest of my life. Because I'm reading the story here. A Toronto school board and an education minister announced they are launching investigations Thursday into a professional development training after a former principal died by suicide. Following a lawsuit in which he alleged emotional distress from anti-racist trainings and the fallout that followed. The sessions included concepts from critical race theory. Oh, gag me. This is just ridiculous. A 60-year-old former school principal killed himself because of, you know, being essentially taken, you know, critical race theory and DEI to an extreme. Yes, it's been taken to an extreme. Critical race theory is now uh, causing white folks to commit suicide because some uppity snot, uppity snot knows black liberal goes out there and says, well, you can't do this, and you need to do this. It's like, you don't understand. I said, now here's the problem with CRT. Here's the problem. It's got a tiny bit of truth, but a hell of a lot of Marxist and communist theory in it, and training. It is. This is disgusting. I am pissed off, because now you've got these equity trainers who are teaching kids and, edu and public education officials. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, no, you don't understand. You don't know about what it's like to be black and blah, blah, blah. So here's the problem with it. Here is the problem with it. In one sense, and a very small sense, they're right but but here's where the difference is why do black folks use that to essentially bully white people into silence because frankly it's annoying now my friends a lot of them don't really get into this they don't because you know, I'm, I'm a black man. I'm seven months away from my 60th birthday. I deal with 
health issues and other things, but I don't base it on my skin color. It's just life, period. And this is why black folks don't understand why they have the problems they do. If they'd stop this nonsense, then maybe, just maybe, they'd have a chance to improve their lives, the lives of their kids, and their neighborhoods. But no, nope, nope, nope. We have to continue to pull out our victim card and bludgeon people um, who are not black, let's say, that, you know, hey, we are who we are. You can't tell us what's going on with us. And it's essentially, it is, a, it's essentially cancel culture in a different form. You can't say anything critical of us because if you do, you're a racist. And at that point, I just want to slap them because I grew up, I was born in the South, fifth generation, right in the middle of the 1960s and the height of the civil rights movement. A few months after Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and a year before the Selma March. And my family saw this. My parents, my mother and father, were the last generation that grew up in Jim Crow and segregation and all of that. My grandparents had to, were born in it too, but my parents were the last generation that dealt with it because my generation didn't. We got rid of all that. It was not fun. Yeah, and I was a little kid when it happened, but the dream of Martin Luther King has morphed into the most sick, twisted nightmare that I've seen in a long time, and I'm not worried about myself. I can handle myself, but I get really nervous for my, niece, my nieces and nephews because they're little kids, and are they going to grow up feeling like they're victims? I say, yeah, and I want to tell my adult nieces and nephews, these are my great nieces and nephews, by the way, to say, if you let these kids start feeling like they're oppressed and they need white folks to help them and because they can't do it for themselves, if, they, if you allow them to start thinking that, I will beat the living hell out of you. Because that is not how I was raised. And they better not be raised that way either. These are smart kids, good-looking kids, healthy kids. Get that crap away from them. DEI, CRT, gender ideology, keep that away from them. Because I will be one severely pissed off uncle. <laughs> and frankly, this is what bugs me. And frankly, again, why isn't why aren't some people addressing this nonsense this is evil this is divisive and we won't especially sorry my brothers and sisters in Christ you won't take it on either you will not take it on because frankly if it's not taken on 
it's just gonna grow and grow and grow and frankly I'm done with that I'm not I'm not okay with it and this is and I'm so passionate about this and I'm and there are some things I'm gonna be letting people know because school is starting pretty quick you know at least here in Florida and other parts of the country just after Labor Day but my god I will not be silenced I will not stay silenced on this issue because if black folks want to survive in the 21st century you need to get rid of your damn victim cards get rid of them they haven't helped you before Barack Obama can't help you I mean you treated him like he was the stinking messiah and he didn't do nothing for y'all nothing absolutely positively nothing and we had him for eight years you tell me anywhere any inner city in this country that did better under Barack Obama please tell me because if you can name one then you're smarter than me and forget New York forget Harlem forget the south side of Chicago forget St. Louis Inter forget South Central LA forget all of that because frankly until black folks can get oh start getting over themselves this is going to continue and this is going to be a trend and it's going to mark another generation of young black kids to a life of victimhood of governmental dependence and poverty uh, take you you can hate me for it you can do whatever but we've already had at least two generations of this nonsense and we're going for a third or more so yeah I'm t I'm ugh. I'm ranting I know I should have made it in black and rant today but when I saw these two stories one from Canada and America this is sick twisted demonic and wrong if a former school principal commits suicide over being bullied and harassed by some uppity black woman who's woke and weak and mean as hell i was like girlfriend who are you who the hell you think you are going to i was like mm. don't and don't say it's like oh you don't know I said, oh, hell yes, I do know, because I understand strong black women. How do I know? One gave birth to me, okay? And two grandmothers on top of it and five older sisters, okay? Shut up. Don't tell me I don't know and that I'm somehow afraid of strong black women. Oh, please. I'm related to a bunch, and so you can get off your dadgum high horse on that one. Ugh anyway my friends I'm before I end up having to take my blood pressure medicine but this gives me a new when I read stories like this this gives me a new sense of purpose a new sense of focus this is why in black and right is on the air and I'm going to find as many ways to get this out into the open and tell people hey black conservative is not an oxymoron 
and I'm going to keep preaching that message until such time as God takes me home because I don't want my family my my littles to grow up in this foolishness this nonsense and thinking that they can't do anything without the help of some well some liberal white person it's like the stupid it's like the stupid white broad what a ditzy blonde after the Supreme Court's affirmative action decision and put it right there on Twitter or X now that and she said stupidly and I mean epically dumb that no black American can succeed in a merit-based society and I'm like why honey sit down have a Prozac get a serious psychiatric eval and shut up you have no just like and I'll play the the opposite here you as a white woman need to shut up and sit down and stop talking about how black folks can't succeed without people like you okay I'll just do it right there because if you tried to tell that nonsense to my grandfather he would probably chew you out and rip you a new one because he succeeded he amazingly succeeded he got his master's degree his graduate degree before the age of 19 okay he married my grandmother at age 20 became a dad around age 21 and he did pretty damn well with no affirmative action no set-asides just hard work merit-based and became and he became a teacher he became a clergyman and he didn't need you you ditzy broad to tell him that he couldn't succeed because he did it and he passed it on to his grandson that would be me oh anyway my friends I'm gonna get out of here before I go on and on and on but stay alert and moms and dads you know stay alert watch your school your school district your school board like hawks because I guarantee you if they can slip it under the radar this crap to try to teach and mess up your kids and indoctrinate them instead of educating them then I, I can't even begin to speculate what would happen but all I can simply say is stay alert your kids are depending on you and with that I'm gonna say so long for now uh, I'm sorry for being a little bit more passionate but you know but then I realized no sorry not sorry because somebody's got to fight for these kids and since I don't have kids of my own okay I'll fight for other people's kids because it's the right thing to do and you know and I'm and I'm prepared to get in the trenches to take my blows but I can also deliver a few so yeah so for now just take care everybody uh, subscribe and follow us on all uh, 
podcast platforms we are available and tell your friends help keep us growing because we are in definitely a growth phase so take care for now everybody god bless you guys love y'all big time and always remember that patriots come in all colors <laughs>